Hear now from the Gospel of Luke. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered, and Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go. Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. And when they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Our scripture for this evening also comes from Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 10. It's about a little man named Zacchaeus. He entered into Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, He has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, 
Half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. And then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. This is the word of God for the people of God. Oh, such a hard journey. I don't know. It's cold, too. Oh, very cold. In the bleak midwinter, long, long ago, earth stood hard as iron, Water like a stone. Snow had fallen, snow on snow. Snow on snow. In the bleak midwinter. Long ago. He said, go to the third camel, take a ride at, at, the, at the donkey. Oh, oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt what you're doing. I, I'm trying to find Bethlehem. And this doesn't seem to work. I mean... <laughs> Someone sent me to this far-off land called Pennsylvania. Uh, that just will never do. I, I, I'm sorry. and I, I have to carry this thing around because I'm so short. Uh, uh, I, I should introduce myself to you. I'm sorry. My, my name is Zacchaeus. <laughs> Zacchaeus. You, you, know, you know who I am, don't you? Zacchaeus. <laughs> I'm the great great grandson of none other than Rabbi Ben Zakai. <laughs> uh, you don't know him either, do you? I, well, well, in in my day, he was very famous, <laughs> and I, well, I don't know if I was famous, but uh, but I, you know, I came from a good line, had a good name. <laughs> I had a good job, mind you, a very good job. I, I was the chief tax collector of Jericho. <laughs> That's pretty important. <laughs> when some of you would like to have a job like that. Uh, not only that, I was very, I was very rich. <laughs> yeah, partly because I was very crooked. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you probably know of me because of Luke. <laughs> Yeah, Luke wrote about me in, in his gospel. <laughs> means good news. <laughs> it wasn't good news for me. And yet maybe it was. I mean, eventually it was. But, uh, but what he told you about me in his, in his story, in his, in his gospel, well, he kind of paints a pretty, pretty bad picture of me. The, the problem is his picture was pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I don't know why he couldn't have told the story without naming me. I mean, he could have just said, well, there was a very important tax collector that climbed this tree. <laughs> and, and Jesus said, come down. You know, the whole story. It'd be, and then all the little children could be singing their songs, you know. You know, little Robert was a little, little, little man. No, I guess Zacchaeus is, I think, you know, he, he named me. He called me Zacchaeus in his story. He, he wanted everyone to hear the name because, you see, the name means the righteous one. The righteous one. And I was far from being righteous. It was as if Luke were telling a story about me and almost like sarcastically saying, and by the way, he was the righteous one, Zacchaeus. Luke knew too much about me. Yes, he, he knew that deep down inside I wasn't the man that I appeared. Oh, I had a great name. And yes, and I had a good job and I had lots of money. But he knew deep down inside I was the poorest man in town. I, I didn't have much character at all. I mean, if you remember, in his story, he, he says that I was small of stature. Why did he have to say that? Why couldn't he just say I was vertically challenged? You know, stature, you think of someone's character, you know? There is a man of great stature. <laughs> and there is Zacchaeus, small of stature. Yeah, why did he have to do that? Because, you see, he was trying to tell you something about me. And, and even the way he described how the crowd treated me. Here I was, the chief tax collector in Jericho, and there was this famous man coming to town, Jesus of Nazareth. They should have parted the way, and I should have taken the key of the city to Jesus. But no, I had to climb that tree because... I couldn't see Jesus on account of the crowd. The crowd, they had turned their backs on me. They turned their backs to look at Jesus. I was nobody to them. And, and it's as if Luke wanted you to know that. Luke wanted you to know that I wasn't a righteous man and that I, was, I had very little character and, and, and that no one respected me. And then the crown jewel of all of his truthful accusations about me was that tree. That tree, that, that sycamore tree that I had to climb up in, in order to see Jesus. I had to climb it because I was short, mind you, but why did he have to call it what he called it? He called it a sycamore tree. Why didn't he just say, I had to get on, on a bush or, you know, I had to climb, you know, one of those big tall trees? <laughs> no, he said sycamore tree because, you see, in my day, in my time, I don't know about your sycamore trees, but in my time, sycamore trees were ugly. They were, they were gnarled and misshapen and, and the bark seemed to just fall off. It was, in fact, we had a name for sycamore trees. We... We call them inferior fig trees. Is that what Luke was saying about me? I was an inferior man. I was short of stature. 
I, I couldn't see Jesus on account of the crowd because they had no respect for me. And now, now I was as ugly as a sycamore tree. Well, let me tell you something. Luke, Luke knew too much about me to tell in his story. But there are things he did not know about me. And it's really the reason that I come here tonight, the whole reason that I'm looking for Bethlehem. Maybe I should tell you, and then you would understand. You would understand what, what's happened to me. You see, it goes back, oh, oh, some 30 years before Jesus came to Jericho that day. I was just starting out in the tax collecting business. <laughs> Oh, I had every mind to make it big. I was a young man, but boy, I was going to, if I had to step on people or push them aside, I was going to do everything because I was not going to live in poverty. I was going to be wealthy. And I thought the best way to do that was to get in with the Romans, you see. And I would do their bidding. I would learn how to collect taxes. I saw how the tax collectors did what they did. I saw how they pocketed half of what they collected for Rome. And I could do it just like all the rest. Well, as with any apprentice, you start out at the bottom rung of that corporate ladder, you see. And my first job was to go to Bethlehem as a kind of a spy for the for the tax office. <laughs> it was the time when Quirinius was governor of Syria. It was during the great enrollment of Caesar Augustus. Oh, you, you have senses. I know you do. You, that's when every so often you count all the people, and you know what it's all about. It's not about counting people. It's about counting wallets and purses, yes. It's about counting how many people can put their money into the tax-collecting bins. Yes, that's what it was all about. And so my job was to go to Bethlehem to just make sure things were going properly. I was supposed to go incognito. You know, no one was supposed to know who I worked for. No way. Because I was supposed to just kind of blend in to the background. Well, well can I help it that I, it kind of slipped and the innkeeper found out who I worked for. And so he gave me the best suite of rooms in his inn. It, was, it wasn't my fault. I didn't go out of my way to tell him. It just kind of slipped. <laughs> there were some nice rooms. Yeah, yeah. Lots of space. <laughs> and that was incredible because, you see, there was no room in the inn anywhere in Bethlehem. I, I remember the night I arrived, I, I sat down in the tavern and I listened and watched as people came and went. Oh, if I only had one of those things you have today, I, what are they called, uh, tape recorders, uh, if I could have recorded some of those conversations, oh, I would have gotten wealthy very quickly, yes, because there was a lot of insurrection being spoken in that tavern. A lot of people were angry with Rome. They were angry with Herod. They were angry with everybody, and they especially hated this tax-collecting stuff that was going on. I watched people. I listened to their anger, and but there was this one couple that came into the end that really kind of struck my attention young girl and I, I guess her husband I, 
she was quite, uh, what do you say, with child. <laughs> yes, and they were looking for a room. I watched the innkeeper who shunned them away. <laughs> he said, nah, get out of here. I don't, I don't have any space. And, you know, I had a lot of room. I could have invited them up to my, my suite of rooms, but I just watched and listened. They left the inn, and they were going down the street, and I don't know what it was about that couple and the innkeeper, but something caused him to go out into the street. And I, I, I was amazed at that because he, he never showed any interest in anybody, but he went out to that couple, and I, I sort of looked out through the open door of the tavern, and, and, and I listened to him as he told them that he, he did have a place in his stable that they could they could spend their time there. And I watched him as he, as he took them over into the stable nearby. <laughs> I had never seen him do that with anyone else, no. There must have been something very unique about this couple for, for him to do that. Well, it, that kind of passed, and finally people left the tavern, and I went up to my room, and I, I went to sleep and then in the middle of the night I heard a commotion a lot of scuffling of feet a, a lot of voices it was it was as though there was a mob outside my windows and and so I I got up from bed and and I went to the window and I, and I and I looked through the curtains and I looked down into the street and I couldn't believe my eyes what I saw were shepherds shepherds now now I know what you think about shepherds they're kind of cute little kids that walk around with their bathrobes and but no not in my day shepherds were not like that at all they lived out in the wilderness with their sheep and they they smelled like their sheep they were they were rough and tough these shepherds they would give their very lives for their sheep you would never see shepherds in the middle of a town, and yet there they were in the middle of the street. It was as if they were going somewhere. They were, they were chattering with each other, and they were, they were excited about something. And then I saw them. They, they ran toward the stable where the couple had been led earlier that evening, and they ran right into that stable. You know, just like the innkeeper, I, I normally don't care anything about anybody else, and but there was something about that couple that affected me, and I, and I thought surely they were in danger. And so I don't know what it was, but it, it caused me to get out of my bed and go downstairs and out across the street into the stable. And I opened the door, and I, and I, I was short then, just like I am now, and I couldn't see anything. All I could see were the shepherds all kind of kind of hovering around and I, and I wondered had they had they murdered this this young child this young couple had they, had had the what had happened were they going through their belongings i, I couldn't see so i i climbed up on top of some some bales of hay and i looked over into the middle of the crowd of shepherds and <laughs> you won't believe this but that that young lady she gave birth to a child that night and, and all these shepherds they were all just on their knees and they you, 
they were in awe and in silence as they just, it was as if they were worshiping this child. I, I looked down there, and I, I, mind you, I know you won't believe this. I, in fact, I find it hard to believe. But when I looked down at that child, as young as it was, perhaps only minutes, if, if not hours, that child turned its head and looked at me. That, that baby looked at me, and when his eyes reached mine, it was as though he were looking into my soul. And I, I jumped down from that bale of hay, and I, I ran out of the stable, and I ran all the way to my room. I don't know what that child was trying to do to me or say to me. I tried to sleep. I tossed and turned all the rest of the evening and into the morning. And all I could see in my mind's eye was that child looking at me. I had never felt such love in all of my life. Well, when the, when the sun rose, I needed to find out who this child was. I needed to know who this couple was. I, I wanted to know what was going on and why I was so affected. And so I went downstairs, and I went out to that stable, and I flung open the door, and it was empty. They were gone. Oh, there was a kind of little indent in the hay that suggested maybe, maybe they had been there, maybe someone had been there, but... I started wondering, had I really witnessed what I did the night before? Was there a couple? Was there a child? Did that child look at me? I, I, I didn't know. In many ways, it changed my life. Oh, I was still as ruthless as I ever was. I, I made my way up that ladder of success until I became the chief tax collector of Jericho. But always inside, I, I had an emptiness. And everywhere I went, I looked into the eyes of young men that passed by, hoping and praying that maybe I would find that child that I met so long ago. So that day when Jesus came into town, I, I just wondered. I just had to see him. I, I just had to look into his eyes. I, I had heard many of the stories, but I had never met him. So when the crowd all crowded around him, I I climbed that sycamore tree. I didn't care what it looked like, and I didn't care what it meant about me. But I climbed up there, and I looked over the crowd, over the backs of the people. There was something so familiar about this. And I looked down into the middle of the crowd, and then I saw Jesus. And he looked at me. I knew I had found my Savior. I had found the child of Bethlehem. And you know, he looked at me and he called me by name as if he had known me since his birth. He said, Zacchaeus, come down, for I must stay in your house tonight.
So I came down and I invited him in. You see, on that first night in Bethlehem, I had a suite of rooms for Jesus and I didn't let him have a single corner. But in Jericho, I was able to give him my house. But I want to go back to Bethlehem tonight because I, I want to give him a new place to be born. I want to give him the abode of my heart. Maybe you'd like to go with me. Maybe there's room there for him as well. What can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what I can I give him, give my heart. Would you pray with me? Oh God, forgive us. Forgive us for locking the doors of our heart and closing up all those rooms that are too often so empty. Help us to fling wide the doors that separate us from you. And, O oh Lord, come and dwell within and make us whole. Amen.